tonight that has been in my mind for about three or four weeks. Uh, it has challenged me. It's something that, that the Lord has given to me. It has challenged me. It has chastised me. Uh, it has made me search myself and my own walk. And I'm going to bring it to you tonight. It's the Lord's word. It's not my word. It was given to me and I received it. And I chewed on it this last three or four weeks. And I just hope tonight that you're built up in your faith. But I hope also that you're challenged tonight as well. The Bible study is called Real or Fake. We're going to turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to read one verse, verse 13. The story. Matthew 5. Verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, or the earth also means soil. But if the salt hath lost his savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. And God here is speaking. And I couldn't help thinking about the disciples. You see, God is looking for salt, and he calls his people the salt of the earth. But he's looking for the quality of the salt, not the quantity of the salt. And don't get me wrong, it's good to fill prayer meetings. It's good to fill Sunday morning services and Sunday evening services. But Christ is looking for quality of salt. He's not looking for quantity. And there was 12 disciples, and they turned the world on its head because of the quality of their lives. They were filled by the Holy Spirit. They were fearless men of God. And they went forward. Quality of salt. Quality of salt. He's looking for not the quantity. But you know, I was thinking about it today and the day that we live. And if you want to be quality salt, pure salt for God, it's tough today. It's hard. And you're not going to be popular. For instance, let's go to the start of the chapter, chapter 5, and let's go to the Beatitudes. And this is what Christ was saying. We'll go to the first verse and we'll read through the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes is everything that the world does not want you to be today. If you want to be salt for Christ, pure salt, it will be tough and you will be hated. You won't be liked. Chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up onto a mount, mountain. And when he was sat, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now you're told today to be proud. You're told today to get gain and get what you want and have it now. But it says here, Blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. There's not too many meek today. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's offended. And everybody just wants to spout off whatever they want. But Christ is looking for the meek. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now you know what it's like when you're hungry and you need some food and the valley's rumbling. But were you ever like that for righteousness? It says in the verse, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Brothers and sisters, in these days that we live in, we need a hunger and thirst for righteousness more than ever before. We need it in this land. And we need to be pure salt for the kingdom and for God's glory. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So those are the Beatitudes. And to be salt, to be pure salt in this day and age for Christ, it's going to cost. Things are going to get worse, a lot worse. But we can stand, brothers and sisters, by the power of, of God in our lives and the power of the Holy Spirit. We can stand against anything. But make no mistake about it. If you want to be take God's name today and try to live up to God's name, you are going to be hated. That's the way it's going to be. Look what they did to Christ. They crucified him. They put him on a cross. But you know, whenever Christ was talking about this verse, in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 5, he, he touched on the verse, but what, what does this really, really mean? Because some, some pastors would take out of that verse and start talking about flavoring. That's not what this means. Let's go to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And verse 34 and 35. Salt is good, but if the salt hath lost his savour, wherewith shall it be seasoned? Now this is telling you here what salt was used for in, in that day in Christ's day when he's speaking to the people at that time. It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill. But men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So the salt was used in that day, at that time, for the land and it was used also for the dunghill. It was used as a fertilizer for the soil. So basically, they would have took the salt from the Dead Sea and market traders would have gathered up the salt and they would have brought it to the marketplace. And then whoever was there, obviously, they would have weighed the salt, purchased the salt, and the salt was used for good. The salt was applied to the soil and the salt was used for good, mainly because of the potash in it potassium chloride so potassium chloride and the salt added to the soil it helped good things to grow it made the salt made good things happen and that's where it says in the verse 
It is neither fit for the land. So the land or the earth, the salt would have went into the land and the earth and helped crops to grow. So it was used for good. But it was also used, brothers and sisters, for a sanitization. It also says in the verse, it is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill. Now, what, what is that saying? Well, in that day where you lived, that dunghill means actually the toilet. So you would have went to the back of your yard where you lived and emptied your bowels, did whatever you had to do. And when you emptied your bowels, there would have been a salt box beside whatever you had to do. And you took a, a clump of salt and you put it on the dunghill. And that helped to sanitize that area and to keep it clean and keep down disease. So you can see here that it was used for the, for the soil, for the earth, to make good things grow. But it was also used to stop bad things happening. And that's what these verses mean. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost the savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, which we've talked about, nor yet for the dunghill. But men cast it out, and he that hath ears, let him hear. So it's used for sanitization, and it was used for fertilizer. But in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus also says this. Let's go back to it. And he also says it in the two verses in Luke. Matthew chapter 5 and the verse 13. It says again, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot. And it also says, it touches on it again in Luke, in the 34 and the 35. Salt is good, but if salt hath lost his savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land. So if it's lost its savor, it can't be used for the land. And it also can't be used for the dunghill. And Christ says, if the salt has lost its savor, Christ says, it's good for nothing. Now, when I read that, that really cut me and spoke to me and it challenged me. What does Jesus mean here? What is happening in this day and age where, where Christ is living? Because these people he was speaking to, they knew exactly what he was saying. So if the salt can't be applied to the ground, it's lost its savor. If it can't be used for the dunghill, it's lost its savor. It says there in the Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, that it's good for nothing. So how, how can the salt lose its savor? Well, it can't. Salt can't lose its savor, but it must have in God's day, in Christ's day, because he says it here. So, so what happened? Well, a, a shrewd market operator, when he, was, when he was gathering up the salt from the Dead Sea, he would have gathered up a lot of sand with it as well. He would have gathered up the sand. And he would have went to the market with it and he would have passed it off as pure salt. But it wasn't pure salt. It was already contaminated by sand. And then the, maybe the lady of the house would come along, pay the fee, wear the salt, bring it home and find out that the salt actually wasn't pure salt at all. It wasn't what it said it was. It looked like pure salt, but it wasn't pure salt. 
And then what they would do in those day, that day and age, they would take the rubbish and throw it into the street. And when the rubbish was thrown into the street, more rubbish was poured on top of it. It was trodden underfoot by men and women going about their daily business. And that is how the salt lost its savour. If the salt has lost its savour, Christ says you're good for nothing. Now, I, I'm not here to offend anybody tonight. I'm just bringing God's word. God says if the salt has lost its savour, the Lord said to me, Glenn, if the salt has lost its savour, it's not fit for the land, you're not fit for the dunghill, you're good for nothing. And that scares me. That frightens me. And that's enough to keep me on my toes for many a year. For many a year. Please, God, don't let me ever be good for nothing. Don't let it happen. Only in his strength can we stand. Only in Christ's strength can we go forward. Do we want to stand for God? Yes, we do. I do. But I need him every second of every minute of every hour of every day. Because sometimes I drive myself bananas. Sometimes you've said something, you've done something, and you shouldn't have. The flesh comes out. We need to be salt, pure salt, used for the kingdom. But how do we be pure salt? We have to rely on Christ. We have to feed on his word. And we have to look to him all of the time. And you know, the salt's no good in the box. The, the, the land couldn't be fertilized and good things happen in the box. The dunghill couldn't be sanitized in the box. And you know, brothers and sisters, and it says in Scripture, neglect not the gathering of yourselves together. And that's correct, and that's true. But when we leave meetings and we go into the world, we need to be different. We must be different. Because if we're not different, and we're good for nothing, and the world looks at us and we're taking the name of Christ, and the world looks at us and goes, well, there's nothing different between you and me. Why should I accept Christ as my Savior? There's no difference. And we're leading people to hell because our testimony is gone. And brothers and sisters, when you lose your testimony, it's a long way back. You're good for nothing. You can't even witness the people. They won't listen to you. Let's try to be salt, pure salt for the kingdom of God, for his glory. Christians can only be effective for the Lord and be efficient for the Lord by being through salt. You know, brothers and sisters, when the lifeboat's in the sea, there's hope. But when the sea's in the lifeboat, there's no hope. And brothers and sisters, the church is the hope of the world. Ye are the salt of the world. We all are. But I examined myself for many weeks and I said to myself, am I pure salt? Am I pure salt? And I read the Beatitudes and I was thinking to myself, Glenn, you're, you, you've failed. You have miserably failed. And I just asked God for strength, for strength every day to follow through and live up to his name. Because the kingdom of God is at hand, brothers and sisters, and there's people perishing. There's people watching, and they, you, they read you every day. 
you're walking about and you're putting stuff on Facebook or whatever it might be, and that's good. If, if it's good posts about Scripture and that, and people know you're a believer, but they're watching you, they're reading you, they're watching to see the way you behave. And you are the salt of the world. And if we can't lead people to, to Christ, what hope is there when the sea gets into the lifeboat? The Archbishop of Canterbury said that we need to be credible today to the generation that we live in. Well, that's not what my Bible says. Second Corinthians. Let's go to Second Corinthians. Chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to read from verse 15. I don't know what Bible the Archbishop reads. But he's not reading the one I read. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols, know ye not that you are the temple of God, the new covenant, indwelt by the Holy Spirit? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I would say to the Archbishop of, Archbishop of Canterbury, stand out. You're a disgrace. That is not what my Bible says. My Bible does not say to go with the flow to invite the world into the lifeboat. May God says, come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. That's what God says and I'll go by God. I'll take my orders from him. I listened to a priest the other day saying that there was no need anymore for the Protestant Reformation. I thank God for the Protestant Reformation prophesied in Revelation 10. And I thank God that the Protestant Reformation is alive and well in this tabernacle. And we need more of it. We need now, brothers and sisters, more than ever, to stop wimping, wimping about. I'm sorry. Stop wimping about. And take our stand. I, for one, have had enough of being told what to do. And I will stand by God's strength in my life. I, I can't do it on my own. I have to draw strength from Christ. And I have to try and strive as much as possible in this fleshly body that creaks every day of the week. My flesh pulls at me all the time. But you have to try and walk and pray and seek and read and be salt for his glory. Is it any wonder this body has to be buried? Is it any wonder this body has to go six foot under? And be resurrected in a new temple. We must take our stand for Christ in these days. We should be leading society. We should be salt in society, in sport, 
in the army, in the police, teachers, nurses, doctors, everywhere in society. God's people should be striving to occupy those places in government and be salt and affect where they are. And there's, there's many a politician, especially in Northern Ireland, who claims to be salt and claims to be born again. And, and I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. But please, when you open your mouth, speak the oracles of this book and stand for Christ. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to open your mouth and storm out and stand for Christ. Don't be afraid when you're in your workplace to stand for Christ. Take your stand. If you don't tell people about Jesus and you're the salt of the earth, who's going to tell them? You never know. That person could be struggling. That person could be in the brink. And Christ has brought you alongside to speak to them and it could transform their lives. Just a few words of encouragement or opening the Bible and witnessing to them. When the testimony is gone, the salt will lose its savor. And then we're good for nothing. Brothers and sisters, and I, I, I've stayed with this word for three or four weeks, and it has challenged me, it has gripped me, I've been in tears over it, I've been praying over it, and the Lord has given me this word. He gave it to me. And it has challenged me immensely. And I just pray, brothers and sisters, that you'll take this word tonight. And we will be the salt that we are meant to be. The quality of the salt in this tabernacle will be a quality of salt that Christ can use for his glory. It won't be contaminated with the world. It's easy. It's easy to get sucked in by the things of the world. And before you know it, you're not even coming out to the meetings. I, I weep. I think of people who used to come out to, to these meetings. And they were in fire for the Lord. And they said they loved the Lord and they had a relationship with God, but they gave up the relationship with God for an order to bring the oak relationship on earth. And I weep. I pray for those people and I ask God to bring them back. Because it's so easy to get caught up in the things of the world. And before you know it, you're not even coming out to the meetings. 16,000 at Windsor Park at a football match last week. But God's people scarper. Don't get me wrong. I understand there's something going on. I understand the situation. But when a football stadium can be filled with 16,000 people, and it's all okay, it's fine. Don't worry about it, it's all all right. But God's people are running for the hills and they won't even come out to worship the Lord that saved them and gave himself for them. Come on. Come on. Let's get going. Let's be salt. Let's be salt for Christ. Let's be the lifeboat. Don't let the, the earthly things come into the lifeboat and weigh us down. Let's get around one another. Let's support one another. When one part of the body is suffering, let us all get around them. Do we get it right all the time? No. Andre will tell you this last three weeks. My head's been mustered, so is his. But we're trying our best. We're trying our best. Please. Let's come together. 
Let's be salt. Let's strive together. And let's build the kingdom for Christ's glory. I believe there's going to be a blessing poured out upon this people that's never been seen before. I firmly believe it. And I'm praying to God for it. But it's not going to be easy. You're going to be hated. And if you're coming to church for an easy ride, especially now, you can forget it. Because the heat's going to be cranked up even more than it is now. But we can stand. We can stand. We stick to the book. And we worship Christ. And we give him all praise and glory and keep him at the center of everything. And you feed on his word. He strengthens you. And you can stand against anything. But it's in his strength, not ours. Praise God.